0: Rahim in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, Atheism, A Giant Leap of Faith, by Dr. Raida Adil Gerrard. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful background as a volunteer at one of the largest Islamic centers in the Middle East I have the pleasure of interacting with and discussing faith with visitors of many religious backgrounds and diverse cultures it has become a challenge for me to find convincing answers to their numerous questions and concerns i had some of the same questions and concerns in my younger years however by the grace of god i was guided to answers which deepened my faith and strengthened my relationship with my creator this book Presents a summary of the points of discussion with our guests in a question and answer format for clarity and ease of reference. The answers are sourced from research, discussions with colleagues, and some personal thoughts on each subject. If what I present is correct, it is by the grace of God. If there are mistakes, these are mine, and I ask him then you for forgiveness. Often what turns people away from religion is an incorrect concept of God. The discussion in this book is based on the Islamic monotheistic concept of God. The one and only God, absolute non-human who begets not and is not begotten, indivisible, ever-living, transcendent, the first and the last omniscient, the one who created, destined, and guided each creation to its functions, who sustains everything in existence, to whom we belong and to whom we will return, the one God of Adam, Noah, David, Suleiman, Abraham, Israel, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, etc., and whose name is Allah. They exalted the Almighty. Over a 100,000 prophets were sent across the ages to different people in different tongues with one main message. To worship and serve the one Creator and worship Him directly without any intermediaries or detours. Who has blind faith? For many, faith in God is an instinctive feeling. They do not require empirical evidence or philosophical argument. They see the Creator as a self-evident truth the only logical, comprehensive explanation for this universe and its inhabitants. Others are sunshine believers. When things are going well, God exists. But when misfortune befalls them, they question the wisdom of God or His existence. Others believe that advances in scientific discoveries and technology Leave no room for God. There are several possibilities for explaining the existence of this universe and its inhabitants. Why is there something rather than nothing? How did that something come to be? Why is there something rather than nothing? How did that something come to be? Why is it fine-tuned to extreme precision? One possibility is that the universe and its inhabitants are eternal. This was the prevailing theory until the scientific discoveries of the past decades invalidated it. In 1929, Edwin Hubble discovered the phenomena of red or phenomenon of red shift. 1929, Edwin Hubble discovered the phenomenon of red shift which indicates that galaxies are moving farther apart and that the universe is expanding since the explanation is still ongoing the universe must have had a beginning and the heavens we constructed with strength and indeed we are its expander this is found in the Quran chapter 51 verse 47. Footnote: Edwin Hubble, 1889-1953. Edwin Hubble is an American astronomer and cosmologist who is credited with the starting exploration of galaxies beyond our own Milky Galaxy. Two, I mean, footnote number two, astronomers see redshift in virtually all galaxies. It is a result of expansion in the space between Earth and the galaxies. This expansion stretches out the light waves during their journey towards us, shifting them towards the red end of the spectrum. The more red-shifted the light from a galaxy, the more red-shifted the light from a galaxy, the faster the galaxy is moving away from Earth. End of notes. The second law of thermodynamics involves entropy. The second law of thermodynamics involves entropy, which is more or less, a measure of chaos. It states that the natural trend of all systems is to go into disorder. If the universe were infinitely old, it would now be in a state of total chaos. But it is not. This indicates a finite age, and therefore a beginning. The universe is moving to a condition where all heavenly bodies will reach extremely low temperatures. Since this condition has not been reached yet, the universe cannot be eternal. The Big Bang theory has become widely accepted science. In his 2005 book, A Briefer History of Time, Hawking writes, the old idea of an essentially unchanging universe that could have existed and could continue to exist forever was replaced by the notion of a dynamic, expanding universe that seemed to have begun a finite time ago, and that might end at a finite time in the future. According to Paul Davis, According to Paul Davis, the Big Bang theory according to which the universe has been expanding out of an extremely hot and dense state for the past 13.8 billion years is now widely supported among scientists. Footnotes Stephen Hawking is an English theoretical physicist, cosmologist, and author he published a joint paper with sir roger penrose or penrose an english physicist mathematician and a philosopher and philosopher of science with contributions to the mathematical physics of general relativity and cosmology their paper their paper sorry their paper entitled the singularities of Gravitational Collapse and Cosmology demonstrated that the universe began from a Big Bang singularity. They won the 1988 Wolf Prize for Physics for this work. Another footnote, Paul Davis is an English physicist who won the 1995 Templeton Prize, the 2001 Kelvin Medal, the 2002 uh, Faraday Prize awarded by the Royal Society. Steve Wimberg, end of footnotes by the way, Steve Wimberg, winner of the 1979 Nobel Prize for Physics in his book, The First Three Minutes, writes A theory of the early universe has become so widely accepted that astronomers often call it the standard model it is more or less the same as what is sometimes called the big bang theory fred hoyle in his 1983 book the intelligent universe sums up very nicely the implications of a universe with the beginning The Big Bang Theory requires a recent origin of the universe that openly invites the concept of creation. So, science tells us that the universe has a beginning. In what follows, we discuss the various possibilities for explaining the origin of the universe and its inhabitants. In this regard, the Quran poses several rational questions. Were they created by nothing? Or did they create themselves? Quran chapter 52 verse 35. In another verse, did they create heavens and earth? Quran 52 verse 36. In another verse, or do they have a deity other than God? Quran 52 verse 43. There are three possibilities for our existence. One is... First possibility, we are created by nothing, i.e. without a creator. Our innate knowledge tells us that every previously non-existing effect must have a cause. Our innate knowledge tells us that every previously non-existing effect must have a cause. In fact, there is no stronger generalization known to mankind than causality in fact there is no stronger generalization known to mankind than causality it is the basic premise of all scientific activity if you deny causality you are denying reason and science why did this nothing to something phenomenon why did this nothing to something phenomenon stop after the universe if i claim that the evil tower just popped, just popped up into place. Would anyone believe me? Uh, Footnotes. David Albert. uh, Before that, Fred Hoyle, 1983, The Intelligent Universe, A New View of Creation and Evolution. Anyway, David Albert is an atheist professor of philosophy at Columbia University with a PhD in theoretical physics and has a review of Lawrence Cross' 2002 book, A Universe from Nothing. He writes, Relativistic quantum field theoretical vacuum states no less than giraffes or refrigerators or solar systems are particular arrangements of elementary physical stuff. The fact that some arrangements of fields happen to be correspond, happen to correspond to the existence of particles and some don't, is not a whit more mysterious than the fact that some of the possible arrangements of my fingers happen to correspond to the existence of a fist and some don't. And the fact that particles can pop in and out of existence over time as those fields rearrange themselves, is not a whit more mysterious than the fact that fists can pop in and out of existence over time as my fingers rearrange themselves. And none of these poppings, if you look at them aright, amount to anything even remotely in the neighborhood of a creation from nothing. Per the Christian Stand to Reason website, Cross and Hawking have not explained how you can get a universe from nothing. Rather, they take something, quantum field vacuum states, call it nothing, and then confidently declare that you can get something from nothing. Yet, all they have done is explain how to get something from something. This is precisely why Albert concludes his review by boldly, boldly asserting as far as i can see cross is dead wrong and his religious and philosophical critics are absolutely right some argue another footnote some argue that through quantum mechanics something can come out of nothing the nothing is sorry the nothing in quantum mechanics is actually something A quantum vacuum in a field of time and space which contains small amounts of energy and produces only virtual particles, not real matter. Accordingly to theoretical physicist Matt Strassel, a virtual particle is not a particle. A virtual particle generally is a disturbance in a field that will never be found on its own, but instead is something that is caused by the presence of other particles, often of other fields, often of other fields. So, let's continue. So, our innate knowledge tells us that every previously non-existing effect must have a cause. In fact, there is no stronger generalization known to mankind than causality, It is the basic premise of all scientific activity. If you deny causality, you are denying reason and science. Why did this nothing to something phenomenon phenomenon stop after the universe? If I claim that Eiffel Tower just popped up into place, would anyone believe me? No, because it goes against our a priori basic truths. Because it goes against our a priori basic truths. Why aren't things continuously popping up into existence without a cause nowadays? Why and when did this magic stop? Order cannot come from random events. Sir Roger Penrose calculated the probability for our specific universe to come into being randomly from all possible outcomes of the Big Bang as uh, one as sorry, as one out of ten. According to Penrose, this number tells us how precise the creator's aim must have been. If we sit on the beach and watch waves for 100 years, will any one of the millions and millions of waves we see ever create a sandcastle? Never. However, a small child with intelligence can create a sandcastle. So intelligence is needed for order even for a simple structure like a sandcastle. How about this universe which runs according to precise order, orbits, and fixed laws? How about the amazing design and complex systems in creation? Any fair person who sees the below diagram of the bacterial, uh, any fair person who sees the below diagram of the bacterial flagellum, which is the tiny, hair-like, helical structure responsible for mobility of bacteria will immediately determine that it was designed with with intelligence, not randomly. Again, any fair person who sees the below diagram of the bacterial flagellum, which is the tiny hair-like helical structure responsible for mobility of bacteria, will immediately determine that it was designed with intelligence, not uh, random or not randomly. Uh, Footnote, Sir Roger Penrose is an English physicist, mathematician, and philosopher of science with contributions to the mathematical physical or physics of general relativity and cosmology. He has received several prizes and awards, including the 1988 Wolf Prize for Physics when he shared with Stephen Hawking uh, for the Penrose-Hawking Singularity Theorems. To continue, unless you need to go out of your way to ignore the obvious, that is, unless, okay, unless <coughs> you need to go out of your way to ignore the obvious, that is, according to Francis Crick, the Nobel Prize winning molecular biolog- biologist who co discovered the structure of the DNA molecule, he says, biologists must constantly keep in mind. That what they see was not designed but rather evolved. Look how contrived atheism is. We must force ourselves to keep remembering. <coughs> Look how contrived atheism is. We must force ourselves to keep remembering, lest we see and acknowledge the obvious. Two, second possibility. We created ourselves and the universe. Since we are created, we must have been non-existent before our creation. However, a creator must exist at the time of creation in order to create. For us to create ourselves, we must have been in a state of non-existence and existence at the same time, which makes no sense, so we can reject this possibility. Three, third possibility, someone created us then that someone must be our creator, God. Who else claims to have created the universe, earth, and man? No one except the creator. Nobody disputes his claim. No one else claims his title. God's claim is unique and unchallenged. So, why not consider it seriously? We have no other comprehensive explanation for our existence and the existence of the universe. Therefore, it makes perfect sense to Accept our Creator's claim. Do you know anyone that can be named as Him? Quran chapter 19, verse 65. If we have a room full with a thousand men and one child, and only one man claims to be the father, nobody disputes his claim. Should we follow unproven hypotheses by men like us or an unchallenged claim from our Creator? It takes more faith to believe that there is no God than it does to believe that there is God. Again, it takes more faith to believe that there is no God than it does to believe that there is God. Because it makes more sense that something created the universe than that the universe created itself. William Males, an 11 year old. Faith. In a creator is not the enemy of reason; rather, faith is the basis of reason. In what follows, we will review some of the stumbling blocks along the road of faith, along the road to faith. Who created God? Even if this was a valid question, it changes nothing. If we have a creator, we owe him worship as our creator nonetheless who created god is not a valid question because the minute we ask it we stop talking about god god by definition god by definition is not something created this is like asking who created the uncreated assuming that a creator has to be created like his creation and that he has the same characteristics as his creation is a false assumption. Did Steve Jobs look like the iPhone? Did he operate in the same way? Of course not. A creator is different from his creation. And for God is the highest of example. The correct assumption is that everything with a beginning has a cause. And everything created has a creator. God is neither created nor does he have a beginning God is neither created nor does he have a beginning he is the first he is the first and the last and the manifest and the hidden and he has knowledge of everything Quran states in the meaning of which Uh, Quran chapter 57 verse 3 according to Muslim philosophers infinite regress uh, infinite regress according to Muslim philosophers infinite regress endures necessarily leads to no action infinite regress endures necessarily leads to no action if every creator needs another creator to create him there will be no creation but there is creation the universe and its creatures so the sequence must end at the first originator ...an uncreated eternal creator. If every soldier has to wait for the order of a commanding officer... ...before firing, no shot will ever be fired. This is in line with current science. Before the Big Bang, which produced the universe... ...there was no space, no time, and no matter. Before the Big Bang, which produced the universe... There was no space, no time, and no matter. This points to a non-material first cause. Footnote. An infinite regress is a series of appropriately related elements with a first member but no last member where each element leads to or generates the next in some sense. Usually such arguments take the form of objections to a theory, meaning that infinite regression makes a theory objectionable. Hamza Tuaretsis, author of 2016 book, The Divine Reality, God, Islam, the Mirage of Atheism, presents the argument as follows. The universe and all the things we perceive do not necessarily exist. They could have not existed. They could not have existed. The universe and all things we perceive do not necessarily exist. They could have not existed. They also have limited physical qualities. Since they could not give rise to their own limitations, something external must have imposed these limitations. The universe and all the things we perceive are dependent and dependent things do not exist independently. An independent source without limitations is the only possibility which avoids infinite regress. If this is a valid question then when some say the universe if this is a valid question then when some say the universe natural processes or gravity created us, it is perfectly legitimate to ask them who created the universe and or natural processes, gravity, etc. The one who puts down the laws is exempt from his laws. As a simple example, if in your house you sit at bedtime of 7 p.m. for your kids, you yourself are not bound by that bedtime because it is your house and your laws God sets the laws, and he is exempt from his laws, including the law of causality. And for God is the highest of example. Created gods are idols, not God. How can God allow bad things to happen? How How can God allow bad things to happen? If God loves us, why does he allow us to Experience pain, disappointment, injustice, sickness, etc., loss, etc. Is this world the best? <coughs> is this world the best of all worlds that a just, all-powerful God can create? Is this world the best of all worlds that that a just, all-powerful God can create? To answer, <coughs> we first need to clear up some misconceptions to put things in perspective this worldly life is just a station death is not the end of our story (coughs) sorry (coughs) this worldly this worldly life is just a station death is not the end of our story it is the beginning of our real life this worldly life is a test a learning academy a place where we can grow morally and intellectually to determine where we truly stand on issues of belief how we serve God and what we contribute to the well-being of humanity to separate the righteous from the wrongdoers and the truthful from the hypocrites. This life is not about fairness, uninterrupted happiness, or justice. These belong to the afterlife. If we expect these in this life, then we are confusing earth with paradise, the test with the result. Such questions go against the concept of faith which in essence is belief in a delayed outcome. Such questions go against the concept of faith which in essence is belief in a delayed outcome. Faith is not about immediate or direct results. It is a conviction in a promise by God we have never seen for delayed for delayed rewards we cannot imagine. Again, faith <coughs> <coughs> faith faith is not faith is not about immediate or direct results. it is a, a conviction in a promise by a God we have never seen for delayed rewards we cannot imagine. These questions ignore the collective human experience since when does the great reward come without hardship? Medical students apply themselves to years of study instead of immersing themselves in pleasurable activity in order to receive the reward of a medical degree and a lifetime of uh, monetary monetary ease. Similarly, we are promised great rewards in the afterlife in return for the hardship and strife that we endure in this life. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, told us that people who did not suffer calamity in this life will wish in the afterlife that they had been given the Worst trials when they see the reward of those who were afflicted. On the day of resurrection, people will wish that their skins had been cut with shears in this world. When they see the reward of those who were struck with calamity. Jam'a at tirmidhi uh, 2402, the hadith number. Anything transient is bearable. Anything transient is bearable. We are created for eternal life and not for this short worldly life. Therefore, whatever hardship we suffer in this life, and however long it lasts, it is inconsequential in the context of our eternal life. Would you say that the lifetime spent in the U.S. was terrible just because of the jet lag you suffered during the first day? The Quran tells us that in the afterlife, our life here, on earth will seem like part of a day. Gods will say, God will say, how long did you remain on earth in number of years? They will say, we remained a day or part of a day. Quran chapter 23, verses 112, Our perception is very limited. Therefore, our judgment of what is good or bad is flawed. We cannot see the big picture or the final outcome. We cannot judge a 1,000-page book by reading only one paragraph. If we could see the future, we would know that the outcome of hardship for a believer is the best one possible. This is a pledge from God. Muhammad, may peace and the blessing of Allah be upon him, said, how wonderful is the affair of the believer. How wonderful is the affair of the believer. For his affairs are all good. And this applies to no one but the believer. If something good happens, he is thankful for it. And that is good. If something bad happens, he bears it with patience. And that is good. Narrated by Muslim. Hadith number 2999. The ultimate test, to judge if anything was good or bad, is whether, is whether it brought you closer to God. If it did, then it was good. If it took you further away, it was bad. Just a small footnote here, with atheism, suffering evil has no reward. Suffering evil has no reward, has no punishment, meaning or recourse. End of quote or end of note. We know from experience that things are never good or bad in an absolute sense, but are always related to a purpose. We often make decisions to choose temporary suffering for some higher good in the future. For example, we knowingly subject our children to the hardship of school in consideration of their future success and benefit, coaches, uh, subject athletes, to painful exercise to bring them to peak physical performance, etc. By keeping an eye on the ultimate goal, any hardship becomes bearable and acceptable. Deducing that a benevolent God would not allow suffering is like seeing a sick child undergoing a painful life-saving procedure than saying a parent who allows their child to suffer is not a good parent. Our ignorance of the full picture does not excuse the hasty, arrogant judgment. Our ignorance of the wisdom of God does not mean there is no wisdom. Every good thing has an apparently bad phase. Fertile soil for crops comes from destructive volcanoes. Sickness makes us appreciate health. And pain makes us compassionate. Goodness comes out of seemingly bad events, who we are today is a result of what we struggled with yesterday. Who we are today is a result of what we struggled with yesterday. If you review your character strengths, you may find that you were only able to acquire them after experiencing certain painful events earlier in your life. Abu Huraira reported that the messenger of Allah peace and the blessing of uh, Allah be upon him said, "If Allah intends good for someone, He afflicts him with trials." Sahih al Bukhari, Hadith number five thousand three hundred twenty-one. People with handicaps, people with handicaps are compensated even in this life. They develop formidable strength and amazing talents. Their other senses are much enhanced as a result of dealing with hardship early on. God does not test anyone beyond their capabilities, or their abilities, sorry. God does not test anyone beyond their abilities. As an example, adults and children have different pain tolerances, and they feel things differently. Extracting a tooth from an adult is a painful process requiring anesthesia and an operation, whereas children who have a lower tolerance for pain change milk teeth painlessly. The severity, the severity of trials depends on the capability of each person. A teacher who wants the student to learn and grow gives assignments just above the current caliber of the student, enough to challenge, but not too much to frustrate. Thus, the most tried and the longest-suffering people were the prophets who present the highest caliber of mankind. God does not change a soul except with that Within its capacity, God does not charge. God does not charge a soul except with that within its capacity. The Quran uh, says in chapter two, verse two hundred and eighty-four, eighty-six. Associate professor of mathematics, University of Kansas, Dr. Jeffrey Lang, a revert to Islam from atheism, suggests in his purpose of life video. The main purpose of this earthly life from the perspective of Islam and the Quran is our growth in order to prepare us for the afterlife. The ultimate goal is to grow closer to God by developing the qualities that make us better individuals. These qualities are derived from God's attributes, e.g. compassion, graciousness, peace, love, justice, truth, wisdom, mercy, patience, etc., god is the infinite source of all virtues dr lang points out that for a relationship to develop the two parties must have some common ground the greater the common ground the stronger the resulting bond and relationship the only possibility of common ground between humans and god lies in the moral dimension i.e the attributes of god mercy truth care compassion benevolence guidance, peace, love, etc. By cultivating these merciful attributes in our characters, we can bring ourselves closer to God, whose name is Allah. So we can think about it in this way. So we can think about it in this way. Our growth in the womb was to prepare us to exist physically on earth. Our growth on earth is to prepare us morally for paradise. We are not finished products yet, rather works in progress. But why does this growth need an environment of suffering? Dr. Lang points out the three necessary ingredients to the recipe of morality and growth for humans. Intellect, choice, and suffering. Through choice, we decide whether to grow through the beautiful, merciful attributes from our Creator, or to grow with the opposites of these qualities, which moves us further away from God. Intellect allows us to develop and, and uh, intellect allows us to develop and suffering provides the environment and opportunity to acquire and exercise these attributes. For example, we can develop compassion as a result of experiencing pain, patience, through ordeals, carriage in an environment of fear, etc. Pure gold comes from the rough ore, Uh, Only when it is subjected to fire. Pure gold comes from the rough ore only when it is subjected to fire. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, visited a sick person and said, Be cheerful. When a Muslim is sick, God takes away his sins just as fire takes away impurities in gold and silver. Sunan Abu Dawood, Hadith number 3092 such a perspective makes suffering an opportunity rather than a nuisance a nuisance thus the real question is not how we can avoid trials rather what meaning do we attach to hardship and suffering and how we handle the trials in this short life test in order to elevate our positions in our real eternal life but why does God allow evil Dr Mustafa Mahmoud a revert to Islam from Atheism discusses the other side of evil in this excerpt from his book Dialogue with an Atheist, 2000 Darat Taqwa. He says, God was quite capable of making us all benevolent by compelling us to obey Him. This, however, would have entailed that He deprive us of the freedom of, of the freedom to choose. But in His plan and law, Freedom with suffering is more honorable than slavery with happiness. That is why he let us sin, suffer, and learn. This is the wisdom in his sufferance sufferance of evil to exist. This is in his book, page 24. He also says, Evil in the universe is like the shaded spaces in a painting. If you come very near to the painting, you will see these parts as defects, but if you draw back to take a general view of the painting as a whole, you will discover that the shaded parts are necessary and indispensable, fulfilling an aesthetic function within the structure of the artwork. This is page 25. actually the problem of evil is a problem only for atheists theist those who believe in god believe everyone will get their just uh, deserts, that good deeds and patience will be rewarded and evil will be punished it is a big problem for the atheist who believes that the raped and the rapist will have the same ending as will the murderer and his victim that good and evil have no ultimate consequence, and that people's rights and grievances get buried along with their rapist, killer, attacker, etc. Under atheism, there is no ultimate difference between living your life as a Hitler or Mother Teresa. Actually, it may even be better to be the evil party. Actually, it may even be better to be the evil party, to exercise our selfishness to the fullest and give in to every desire, regardless of the rights of others as long as we can get away with it. After all, if we have only this life to live and there is no afterlife and no accounting, one might as well make the most of it. I asked for strength and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity and God gave me brain and brains to work. I asked for courage and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for patience. And God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. I asked for love. And God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors. And God gave me opportunities. I received nothing I wanted. And I received everything I needed. My prayers have all been answered. Alhamdulillah. That's the end of part one. Page twenty-five. We will continue later, the other parts, inshallah. This is Doctor Khalid Al Dosri, from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, your uh, reciter or recorder of this lovely book.